Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey, everyone. I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. Hey. As you can see, we've already started live <laughs> Julie talking about what were you telling everyone let's well, hear we're it. like on Instagram we have dead air as we're going live on Instagram yeah well so one one has to start before the other so <laughs> I <laughs> was just to, trying to keep it welcome engaged. to blended life corona craziness that's yeah. us um so we are the blended life tonight's <laughs> topics are <laughs> Tonight's topics, once again, are from our listeners, and we're so grateful that you guys are chiming in yeah. and letting us know what you want us to talk about. So, that's all. All tonight's are people's. Yep, it's been that way for chimings. the past yeah. few episodes. But how to tell your spouse his or her children are annoying you? <laughs> how to balance trying to teach the kids in the in your home life skills without feeling like you're nagging them? Okay, who's that? I don't know. Probably your phone. Nope, it's the other. It's the other one. Anyways. Oh, okay. Why do you? Or what do you do when one parent refuses to do their part in schoolwork during the coronavirus homeschool situation? Mm. <laughs> Why are you smiling? Because this bullshit was bound to happen. Oh, we're just gonna start off with it. As if blended life co-parenting wasn't hard enough. Now we're all homeschooling. Um, okay, then we're going to talk about the pros and cons of having the same custody schedule for both sets of kids in Easter COVID 2020. <laughs> Where are we starting? <laughs> um, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are you doing with everything? How are you feeling? Which part? I haven't checked in with yes. you. Yes. I don't know. How are you feeling with all this like shutdown, lockdown, homeschool? You know what? It doesn't change my daily routine that much. I yeah. kind of... <laughs> I kind of yeah I kind of stay up and kind of work later into the night or like I'm a night owl and then wake up and once I wake up you know I'll, I'll either wake up early depending on what I have to do or I'll sleep in depending on what I have to do yeah and then I've been volunteering a lot at church doing all of our filming which you know but I'm sure our viewers don't but doing all of our filming for all of our services mm-hmm. and um, this week has just been absolutely nuts because we have big projects at our family business, but we also have midweek worship. We have Good Friday. We have Easter service and yada, yada, yada. So I literally filmed every day this week except for one. So it's, it, you know, it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy last few weeks with all this going on. Um, but something about it, and not that a whole lot's changed in our family specifically, but something about it makes me feel like our family has been a little bit closer, 
there hasn't been much arguing or fighting or tension within the family, which is weird because I get <laughs> Yeah, I get but what opposite. did you attribute this to the other night? What did I? I'm trying to remember what it was. Because I know Because we, we can't about. go to marriage counseling right now. Oh, yeah. It's Our lives are better. Yeah. Sorry, Gina. Yeah. My husband. You you pent up everything and then you let it all out there and I'm like, wait, where did all this come from? Because I think the issue is, and I know I'm only saying this publicly because I think it's relatable. I think when you're married and you're in a blended family and you have so many sensitive, offensive things, you there's not a safe space to talk. Right. And I don't feel like we have, and I'm sure we'll grow into that, right? We've only been married not very long. I mean, in our lifetime, we haven't been together for very long. Compared to when we were like 80. Right. We'll have this shit figured out. You're almost there. But I think that what I struggle with, and again, I'm just admitting this because it's relatable, and I'm hoping you guys feel not alone in this either, is that, you know, we haven't figured out how to talk about the hard stuff where you don't run away and I don't get mad. Right. And so there's no safe space where we can sit and talk and work things out. We're either too immature to do that right now. I don't know what it is. And so I think that it's easier to brush things under the rug and to, but that doesn't mean like you're happy inside or everything's okay or you're like feeling fulfilled. Right. You know, I don't think either one of us feel a hundred percent fulfilled. But I feel like um, therapy, therapy is a good thing, you know, or counseling is a good thing to a point until it becomes that place where you hold everything and it's where you let everything out. But why you know? is that? That's why you I was hold everything to in, you let everything out, you know? And I think that's why I'm like, oh, it's a little bit easier without this because we don't yep. have it to look forward to. Therefore, you don't hang on to it to let it out later. It's like, well, we're either going to talk about this now or we're not going to talk about this. But it's not things that you're holding on to to bring up. It yeah, is things that are broken that need to be fixed and will always Sometimes. be. Yeah. Yeah. Like our communication. Is broken until it gets fixed. Right, always. And I think most people and so can that's, with that. And so that's the it's, point. It's like in counseling session when you're on a couch and you have a third party, you're not going to run away. You kind of have to confront it. You have someone to like talk you through it and mediate. And it's not so emotional because you're kind of minding your P's and Q's a little bit. Um, and X's and Y's and Z's. Yeah. So I think that anyway, but yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> moving on. Okay. Our little, oh gosh. Um, okay, so we had someone, I think this is on Instagram actually, um, wanting us to discuss how you tell, okay, first of all, there's nothing more offensive to talk about with somebody than their children, right? So I think that that's why a lot of couples and blended families have a hard time, especially starting out because kids are awful. Not all kids are awful, but kids are hard, right? We don't have built-in tolerance. When you marry someone, and I posted about this on Instagram a little bit ago, you don't have a built-in tolerance when you marry somebody with kids that they have for their own kids. So your tolerance level for their kids are going to be different than their tolerance level. And I think when people get married, it's often like we exchange rings, we sign papers, and now my kids are your kids and you need to treat them like your own. And I kind of think it's an unrealistic ask 
If it happens, that's great. But I think that spouses need to understand that everyone has a little bit of growing to do in that regard. Like you have to build a relationship. You have to build tolerance. And so when I read this question, I was like, well, how do you tell your spouse that his or her kids are annoying you or frustrating you or making you angry? Here's the thing, though. I don't think that you need to tell your spouse that their kids are annoying. I think you need to tell the kids that they're being annoying. Point out like, hey, look it, you know, yelling at the top of your lungs, you know, because something is, you know, silly or, you know, or you just keep doing something over and over again or throwing a baseball at the wall, you know, and bouncing it off the wall and catching it over and over like this gets annoying. Like, let the kids know, like, hey, look it like what you're doing. And, and you don't have to put it like that. Like you're annoying, you know, like don't hurt the kids feelings, but point out what they're doing is being disruptive and could be offensive and annoying and whatever it might be. I don't think that it needs to be taken to the other parent, you know, like we're both parents in this household, right? Okay. (laughs) What's the smile for? All right, keep going, keep going. No, I think that yes, but at some point, at some point in your marriage, this conversation is going to happen. If you're having issues with the other, with your step, if you're having issues with your stepchild and you don't have your spouse's backing or understanding or support, it makes a difference. So whether you go to said child and be like, hey, knock it off, or hey, that's really disruptive, or hey, can you please stop that? I'm trying to work. Or, hey, can you please stop that so-and-so is trying to go to bed? Whatever it is, that's great. But I have also lived it and seen it in my own life as a stepchild and step-parent. Like, sometimes the bio-parent is like, what's going on here? Yeah, because they want to know, like, why is my kid misbehaving? Or at least that's my... You know, like, what's going on here? Or, like, like what is, what's happening here? Like, how can I help facilitate this? You know, there's a lot of times where, you know... Both of our kids or all of our kids will, you know, be doing something and I think we can step in. But it's not unrealistic for a, a parent or a step parent, uh, you know, if a step parent is saying something to the other kid for a parent to ask what's going on. I mean, even in a biological whole family, you know, I, the other parent's going to be curious, like what's happening here? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's all right. Like, don't don't take offense to it just because the other parent, you know, the step parent is saying something to your child, you know, like that's, that's part of growing, you know, and the more that something like that can happen and the discipline can happen, the more it's going to become normal. And what that's going to do is bond and bring your family closer. Right. You know, and keep, make that blended family blended tighter. Right. But what advice would you have for somebody who does need to broach a sensitive subject about a stepchild to their spouse. Like maybe it's not that they're annoying you, but maybe it's something like really like needs to be discussed. Right. And it's a sensitive, possibly offensive thing. Well, do it do it when the kids aren't around. Do it with your spouse. If you need to talk to your spouse specifically about this, do it when the kids aren't around. Do it on time where you guys have time to talk about it. Don't do it when they're walking out the front door to go to work and it's like, hey, you know, by the way, like in, in clobber them with it, you know, with no time to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, go on a walk and be like, you know, hey, this is something I want to talk to you about. But always 
watch how you say things, you know, be like, if I, these, if I was in this person's shoes, if I was in my spouse's shoes and they were saying this about my kids, would I appreciate the way that they were saying this, you know, or the way that I'm approaching this. So always be mindful. Um, but have the conversation when the kids aren't around. Yeah. And I think how, like you said, words matter. So instead of saying your kid is doing this, you know, that sounds very attacking and very like you're starting you're starting off putting the other person on the defense, but you could approach yeah, it like I am concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, then that puts it back on me. I'm concerned that this is going on. And then that gives you an opportunity to ask questions or be like, you don't need to be concerned. Right. But it takes the more of the pressure off the kid because it's not like your kid's doing this and your kid's annoying me and your kid's being naughty and your kid's upsetting and your kid. But if you're more like, I'm concerned that Sally is chewing her fingernails to the point where they're bleeding, like, are you okay with that? Or do you think that should be a concern of mine or you got this covered? Then it comes off like you're coming from a place of caring and not a place of like attack. Right. So I think that even if it's something as simple as your kid's annoying me, right, you're not going to say... Sally's really annoying and I hate her and this isn't going to work. Well, you know what? The other thing is too, if, if it's something that you're going to bring up and talk about, like have some, have some involvement in it, you know, don't just bring it up to tell them to let them know that it's happening and that's where you're going to drop it. Like have a solution or have, if you're truly concerned about it, like let's talk about this and let's figure out how to fix this or how to change this. Yes. And invest into it. You know, don't just drop it on the other parent's lap and be like, good luck. I hope your kid doesn't do this anymore. You know? Yeah. But I I like working, having a solution where you guys come at it together. For sure. Instead of being like, and this is how you're going to do it. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is (laughs) because come at it together. Don't just drop it in the other person's lap and be like, your kid, your problem. You know? Because ultimately they should be our kids. You know, they are. That whether whether you like it or not, you know, whether they are your child or your stepchild at the end of the day, like it's only one word in there, step, you know, like they're still your child at some point, you know, they might not be your biological kid and you might not be 100% invested to them like you would your own biological child, but truly the other parent is looking to you to be invested in their children also because this is your family mm-hmm. and this is your wife or your husband and your spouse and this is your family. Yeah. You know? And what gets me about this is that as all of you, you know, our regular listeners know, like I have a stepdaughter who is truly my daughter, but she's not biologically my daughter. But what makes that any difference? Any different than my stepkids? You know what makes what makes her any different than your kids? Because she's been around longer. She's still just. And what made me think about this is my biological son. Um, I think yesterday actually asked me. He said, "He said, Dad, if she wasn't, how did he put it? If she wasn't." mom's daughter when you guys were married then what would she be to you I said well you know that's a different a different way of putting it but she would ultimately just be uh, just a friend you know she would be a person I know she's not 
he was trying to he was trying to figure out like how everyone's tied together. Does that make sense? So trying to explain to him like she's my daughter, but she's not biologically my daughter, but I don't see her that way, you know? And I think over time, that's how we all want to be with even our stepkids, you know, and it doesn't naturally happen as you've put it with your stepkids quickly, you know, for some people, some people, it just does. It just happens naturally. Mm -hmm. But for other people, like that's really, that's kind of the end game. You want them to call you dad or mom, you know, when they talk about you, you know, you're not telling them to call you dad or mom, but you want them to respect you as their mother or their father um, as that role in the household, you know, even though they have another mom or dad, you want when the kids are home, you don't want your kids. And I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this about you, but you don't want your kids to be like mom and respect you like mom. But then my kids to be home and be like, oh, she's just some chick. You know, you want the same respect in the household, right? Because you are mom, you are, you are above the kids in the household mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so you want that respect from the kids mm-hmm. so ultimately the end game is to have everyone respect the roles that you play and then it just becomes natural and more comfortable i mean your dad who you call dad right now is your stepdad mm-hmm. but you respect him as your dad right he's been around for 30 Seven years, 38 years of your life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Since, you were, since you were brand new, since you were a baby. But when you look at him, you go, that's my dad, mm-hmm. right? And he doesn't look at you and go, that's my stepdaughter, like whatever. I've never heard him call you his stepdaughter, mm-hmm. you know, just like I would never call m- my daughter my stepdaughter. Like, you know, if you're explaining it, that's one thing, but they're your children, you know? And so I think that's end game. Yeah. Anyways, you're giving me a funky look. I am. I always like give a, you like funky a smirk, looks. like a like you've got a lot um, to say to that. I have a lot to say. Hi, mom. Hi, Cindy. Cindy wants us to start all over again because she got in late. Dang <laughs> that it! That was like ten minutes ago. Sorry, guys. Um, I have a lot to say on it, and I think that here's the deal: everyone's super different, right? And everyone, and I just think that needs to be okay. Like I'm just all about no pressure. Like, yes, there has to be a baseline level of respect for the adults in the home. Right. Period. When my, when any of our kids go to an adult's home, yeah. they're kids, there's adults. There needs to be a level of respect, you know, but it's really hard for some people when it's it's hard to take ownership of something you have no power over. Or no control over or no decision over. And so I think, again, it's an unrealistic, unreasonable ask for somebody to take ownership of something that they have absolutely no say in. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. I completely see what you're saying. But So, you know, like, and so I just think that, especially if you guys are on different pages and you have different parenting styles and that's not how you would do it whatever it is I think it's it's kind of like how can you take ownership of a child when they're being raised in a way that you don't that you wouldn't do it that way so why you or or do you know what I mean so why can't you have ownership though when they're in your household like why can't 
you step in if you see that it's I'm not raising, just in the in the home. It's it's everything. Yeah, but like when our kids are outside of our home and our custody, it's really hard to have a lot of say in things. No, I'm just talking about everything from like medically to yeah, but you, you scholastically to okay but look at this. like it's so i'm just saying and and parents and so my my thought is on step parenting is step parents are a support right like my role here as a step parent is to support you you know you and your ex-wife ultimately have final say in how ultimately but look at this you're in that how about grandparents have you ever gone to your mom or your dad and asked for advice and been like, hey, how do I handle this? Like, do you know, or do you do, even without you asking, sure. do they come to you and be like, hey, I see this is happening. You know, spelling is is going down the drain. You know, can I step in and help with spelling test and, and teaching your kid how to spell mm-hmm. and learn? And you're like, yeah, that'd be a great idea. Sure. So why can't... Why why does it have to be so black and white when it comes to... Because some things are this way or that way. They don't have to be, though. They are. You know, like, for instance, if you vaccines. see that... But if you you're see You're going to give vaccines or you're not. Right. But if you see that there's something they're gonna going They're going to go on, to school or they're not. Right. But step in as a like, step parent. I don't you're like, know. hey, look it. I'm having... I, I'm seeing this and these are the reasons uh-huh. why I feel that they should be this way. Have that conversation open it up ultimately like back to your point <laughs> again it's all for naught though because i know your beliefs and i think this is when you marry someone right you know their beliefs you know how they're parenting you know the players involved you know sometimes the other bio parent isn't involved and it is the the parent and the step parent who are calling all the shots right it's easier in that situation to take ownership of these kids right because you are a team you are making life decisions together you should about be a team the anyways even though there's just more players involved with it now you know there's more managers to that team there's more coaches to that team whatever you you know however you want to put it's just not that. how it goes it does it, but it doesn't have to be like that like if you feel the need to step in you know or say something i feel like all all I parents have. i feel like i have i feel like the parents, things that is for me that you know where i stand on issues mm-hmm. i know where you stand on issues right here we are yeah, but continue so, talking about it. I'm not be like, well, that's just, it's going to be what it's going to be. What's the point of continuing talking about something that's it's, not going to change? It's relationship. You it, know, it's, it's causing a fight and an have argument you, about something that's not going to be fruitful. Have you ever had your mind made up about something and a few years later down the road, you're like, I've been around something else differently. Like, I was so wrong. I was so off base about that. You know? And let me give you an example. Um... I used to have a really hard time with church. I used to have a really hard time with religion. Now, I grew up in a Christian family, going to church, you know, until I was about 10, 11 years old or so. And then after that, my family, we moved and just didn't really get back into church, okay? And it wasn't until I was close to almost 30 years old that I started to realize, like, I need God in my life. I need I need church. I need the family. You know, I need there's uh, you just start to realize things. No one ever was like, well, he, you know, this is just the way he is. We're not going to you know, we're just going to leave him alone and stop talking to him about this just because I have no say in that. You know, he's over 18. My parents are like, you know, forget him like they can do whatever. But I was actually thinking about this today while filming 
that when you and I started hanging out, um, you were very much a believer. I had gotten back into, you know, church and believing and um, the Christianity and just, you know, that whole thing. And you encouraged me a lot. There was a lot of things that I was still kind of skeptical on. I'm always like, you know, for the longest time, why do, why, why are humans telling us how to live, you know, if God's so much powerful and so much more powerful? Does that make sense? You know, I was always like, why am I listening to this human being tell me how to live my life when they're just as flawed, you know, or more flawed than I am? And I struggled with that for years and years and years, you know, but I didn't see the big picture. It's like, well, they're not telling me because that's what they want for me. They're telling me as a messenger, you know, and I didn't realize that for a long time. But anyways, you didn't be, you weren't like, well, he doesn't believe exactly how I believe or, you know, he doesn't go to the same church I go to. You were there kind of helping lead me as I helped lead you. And we have grown our own life together. We go to the same church. We have the, you know, the same beliefs, but it's because you didn't look at me and go, well, I don't have any say in what he does. You are there to help guide me. And I think that's what we do with our children. I think stepchildren or not, we guide them. And the other parent, we help guide the other parent that if you want the best for your husband or your wife and their children and your children, you help guide the whole family. You know, Mm -hmm. whether you don't have a true say at the end of the day, once our kids are 18 years old, we have no true say in what they do. Right. So at that point, we can't make any legal decisions for them. Do we give up on our kids? You know, once our kids are out and they're 18, do we wash our hands of them? You see what I'm saying? So why, even though. I'm not arguing that you shouldn't be a support and a good example and how you said I didn't force you into anything. Right. That's exactly what I do. That's we're on the same exact page right now. But why can't we have more investment in that? You know, why can't we take more ownership of that? Like, yeah, that's my stepkid, you know, but I'm because really it's helping just, it's really them. the fact like you're trying to say, why can't that door turn into a cloud? Like, I just don't understand why that door can't turn into the cloud well, because it's a fucking door. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not the biological mom. I do not have legal rights. Right. I do not have final say. Right. I don't know why that's not so okay. Therefore, like, you're just not going to waste any energy in it. Is that what you're saying? Is that what I do? No, I'm not saying. I'm just but, saying, but like, like uh, my role is a support. Right. My it role totally is. is a support to you. Yeah. Because the facts are what the facts are. Right. And I just don't know why that's not okay. It is. It I totally don't understand. Is. Like, I lead with how I live with my life. I lead with how I parent my own kids. That's ve- that is seen in the home. You know, I lead by being a support. You ask for advice. I tell you my thoughts. You know, I do put energy what if I don't in, but ask, I'm just saying like. What if I don't ask you for advice though? I, do you still put in your thoughts? If I'm like. It I'm doesn't do, usually go well. I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> I'm going to do it this way and I'm I'm hell bent on it. This is the way it's going to go. Or you're just like, oh man, that guy's really screwing up. You know. Sometimes. Really? That's yeah. A because that's is a bummer. It, like yes, that's a bummer. Well, is it worth strife in our marriage over something that's not going to change Uh, why not though because if it's if it's all these things that are going to start going there's never been a fight we've had and you've been like i've seen the light sometimes 
And it might not be right away. Well, but then you never circle back and let me know. Uh, sometimes you just change things, you know, sometimes I have not ever, but yeah. I'm just saying like, sometimes I think in blended family marriages, you really have to choose like keeping peace in your marriage over battles. You're, you have no real power. But what's over. the point of keeping okay. peace in your marriage? If it's leading up to broken pieces, all of a sudden you're 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road and kids are out. You have, you're good. And now you have all these broken pieces though. Like, why is it a broken piece again? Because and kids went me. off in these weird directions or they didn't go off in any direction. Your kid's just a loser staying at home. You know, they're still in your house because you didn't help guide them the way that you help guide your own children. And you didn't point out these issues. So that what is happening. the, I guess that's, the, that's a conversation that every blended family marriage mm-hmm. needs to have. Like, what is the expectation? Right. Help guide them. Right. That's a very broad, like, totally. Oh, like, I don't know what the fuck that even means, <laughs> but what is help guide them? Whatever it takes. I'm asking you, you, like you're making these broad statements. So help our viewers understand what that exactly means. If you see issues going on within your household, if your kid is being annoying, point it out. Pounding the table now. Wow, that was my finger. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) literally I pointed on a piece of paper. Um, Point it out like I just did to the piece of paper. Be like, hey, look, this is happening this is turning into a habit or a problem. It's disruptive. It's becoming a way of life, you know, like this is not okay. And I'm talking bigger picture. I'm not talking about, again, going back to the kid, you know, bouncing the ball off the wall. I'm talking about the kids, you know. Snorting coke in the bathroom. Well, yeah, that's pretty extreme, but I yeah. I would say something. Yeah, I would sure hope Don't so. Don't you worry. I would sure hope so. But, you know, like stuff that you see is like... Like you catch your kid having sex in the bedroom, you tell the other parent, right? Yeah, you're not just like, well, that's not, you know, that's (laughs) not my kid. That's not my problem. Well, who does that? Some people might, but that's what I'm saying. So where do you draw that line of what's too big of a problem and what's what's too little of a problem? I mean, if something alarming, if there's something alarming going on in your home or something alarming that you're witnessing with your stepchild... That's a, like a truly alarming. Of course, you bring it up. I think that goes of without of saying. Course. But even if there's the little things, the little tiny, and I'm not going to press like on, I'm nagging not poke and nitpicking things. Yes, yeah, if they're the tiny little nagging oh, nitpicking fuck, things, we would be talking but, all day about this. But you know what? Would you call your own kid out on it if it's something that you would call your own kid out on it? Absolutely. And this yeah. is something that I'm starting to learn too now because for the longest time I had a hard time calling your kids out on things, you know, and I would, I would tell you, or I wouldn't tell you, or I would just let things be. But now it's like to the point where, um, you know, for instance, your son comes in the other day and has sand all over his shoes. And I'm like, Hey, there's sand, you know, and I let it go for a little while, but, but finally, like, I'm not going to let my own kid get away with just leaving sand all over the front, you know, by the front door. So I'm like, Hey, there's still sand there. It didn't make it a huge issue with him. And he was more than happy, like, oh, okay, I'll get a vacuum and clean it up, you know? Like, we talk about it. But there's these little things that's like, ask yourself, would I let my kid get away with this? Is this something that is going to be a big deal? You know, I'm a dad, so I'm all about, you know, the thermostat being set correctly and all the lights being I'm turned all about, off. When... like, don't put dirty dishes that were put in the dirty dishwasher exactly. last night. Exactly. Stuff Dude, like that. I don't know. Like, can we just talk about the dishwasher? Eye for an eye. The, the dishwasher was clean. I washed it. I opened it up and there's dirty dishes in there. When morning. was this? 
Oh, that could have been me. I'm I like, really and they weren't even washed. Like, not washed, but they were. Was, was honestly, like, I'm not going to even lie. Like, I'm not even going to put that on the kids. That was probably me. I Like, like a, a small little plate? Yeah. And a was, fork? It was my burrito plate. Did you have a, uh, was there more that I, eh, whatever mm, we got, we put it, it back. Me. It was me, you guys. And then karma caught up to me, and I was so sick this morning. Come to find out. I'm pretty sure it was the string cheese that I used <laughs> in my burrito uh, because someone used all the cheese last night. Actually, that was kind of my fault, too. Anyways, I was so sick this morning. I had the worst food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was pretty bad. So that wasn't me. That wasn't even the kids. So um, we have a question. What if you have none of your own kids? <laughs> You're screwed. No, I'm no, just kidding. That's- no, that's a, that's a tough place to be. But you know what? You have, is this a mom or a dad? It doesn't even matter. Your spouse, or maybe not even your spouse, but ultimate goal is they're going to be your spouse one day. Do you care about these kids? Do you care about your spouse? Do you care enough to be invested in their life? And if so, doesn't mean that you have free reign to walk around and be like, they're going to do this and they're going to do this and set all the standards for them. Because you don't have free reign because you're not the parent. You just heard it, Sam. You don't, but you have the right. right to have input on this. You care enough to have input on this. So do it. I just think you have to learn your place. And I don't mean that. That sounds very derogatory and very bad. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. Because if you're marrying into a blended family thinking that you're some on a high horse queen of the fucking world, <laughs> not you're not, not for I, you. Just, this button just burnt out. I'm just gonna like, throw it but away. not for you. Right. Like, I feel like you, everyone has to find their place and their comfort level and, you know, their power play. Like you have to find your niche in your blended family as a step parent, as a bio parent, even the kids do. Don't be afraid to grow though. And so I just think if you don't have kids, you still can talk to your spouse. You still can engage your kids, you know, but I think it's a little bit harder because it's trial and error and you don't have your own kids to pour into. I see that a lot with, with people who don't have children and they only have stepchildren in the home. It's kind of hard because when you have your own kids, right, it's a distraction um, and it's a place to pour yourself into and, and kind of escape things that you feel like you're out of control. Well, if I'm out of control here then I'm at least in control over here. And that creates some kind of balance in your world when you have, but when you don't, I think you just have to take a lot of deep breaths and you have to take a lot of self care and have a really good relationship with your spouse. I really want to go ahead. Oh no. Is your, but also is your spouse inviting, you know, is your spouse like, help me, help me parent. Or are they like, Mm -hmm. know your role, shut your hole. Okay. So she said, okay. So, not sure what my role is. Okay, so this is a conversation you're going to have to have. Okay, but also... Like, I think that you have to have a conversation with... I don't know if you have a spouse or a boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it is. You need to kind of ask in a, in a loving, caring way. Do you care you know? about these kids? You know, like, do you ultimately, like, do you love these kids and this is and you want the best for them? You want to see these kids grow up to be good human beings? Or are you like... I'm just in love with their dad. I don't really care about these kids that they're little brat holes. Like I don't care what happens. Is that with not them. okay to get married if that's the case? You know what? You're saying I love, I'm in love with this man. Yeah. 
I don't really have a connection with his kids. Yeah. Is that okay? But you're kind of signing up for those. Those are his kids. Those are his children. Would you ever want to take them away? Like that's also another question. You're like, would I? Would I care if the if the if the mom files for full custody? And I'm I'm like, good. Get these things away from me. What you've got to ask yourself these things when you're involved with someone. You know. It's, and I think you have to ask the other person, the bio parent, you know, what do you see my role is? What are your expectations? Like that is a question you need to flat out answer. And then you need to sit there and think, what role do I want to have? Do I want to discipline? Do I want to make decisions? Some people are happy not making the decisions and not disciplining. And you really have to work to find that balance. Like some bio parents are just like, let me do the disciplining you just be my support. Some bio parents are like, no, we're equals and we're both going to discipline and that's how I need it because I'm working all the time and you're home all the time, so you're going to have to buck up and take care of these kids. And I think every situation's different and you have to kind of find a situation that works for you and it all looks different. There's no right answer here as far as that goes. You just have to have the hard conversations about that and it's not fun and it's not easy and it can lead to fights and maybe you'll be surprised and find you're both very much on the same page like right. oh I had no idea we both are cool with that we both care about your kids <laughs> yeah you know so um but yeah we'd beat that dead horse I mean I feel like we could keep beating it but <laughs> I feel like everyone Totally could too. I mean, that that conversation can yeah. sprout in a thousand different they directions. Can. And I think we have to acknowledge too, if you have, if you're married to a spouse who you can't communicate with and can't talk to, and like everything turns into a fight, that's a really hard way to exist in a blended family because there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces, and so. Um, I get sometimes because both of our personalities are such like, I get how it's not always inviting to talk to someone. So you just rather not, Mm -hmm. you just, it's just easier not to talk about it because you don't want to fight. You don't want to argue. You're exhausted. You know, we're all just very exhausted. And why am I going to bring up something that's going to be fruitless? Like nothing good is going to come from this. They're not going to see my point of view because I know theirs. You know, we're just going to get mad at each other. And for what? Yeah, but and then are you going to keep that in and, you know, hold that in too? And, and it's going to become something I just later think that or you, it's going to... Maybe, but I think roots. that as the time goes on, you just... What comes from that is you learn to accept differences. Right. Like, I think the goal of that is like, you know what? We're just never going to see eye to eye on this. We're just different. And like, you know... Am I going to end my family over this? No. So do I just need to accept it? Yeah. Because it's not going to change. And so you just kind of got to put one foot in front of the other and let it go and move on. Because you aren't always going to see eye to eye on everything. You are going to have parenting style differences. There's so many players involved. I mean, we have four parents in our blended family, right? Are you counting in your head? Six (laughs) parents. Well, I mean, there's six set, there's three sets of couples, six total parents between all the kids. It's a shit show, right? <laughs> six plus two is nine. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, well, I was thinking us and then the two bio parents, but oh then I forgot gosh. that they were also married. It's just a lot, you guys. 
So what I if would they're, just what if extend they're one grace of those and take it easy families on each other. like that show that you watch and they have like nine wives. Then how many? You know what I mean? It can all look different. Yeah. But I just think you need to extend uh, grace. You need to, it, it can be okay that not everyone looks like a Hallmark family. It's okay if you don't Chances are have, you don't. Chances are you don't look like the Hallmark family. And if you do, like. Then that's, that's awesome. awesome. Congratulations. Then stop watching our podcast because you don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Chime in or and listening. let us know what we're doing wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it needs to be okay. All right. So we had someone writing in and they are, I don't think they're married yet. I think they're a boyfriend, girlfriend. And I think they're, <laughs> I hope they're not listening. They're like, this is so much work. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lot of better. You find out now than be married. Yeah, for sure. So I'm all for that. Um, the struggle is real between the parent who wants, who doesn't want to nag and the step parent who wants things a certain way. So I remember this. So basically, um, I think a man wrote in about this and he has, his girlfriend has two kids and he has two kids like, or they both have kids and he likes things a certain way in his home. Okay. I get that. And so he feels like. He treats his kids one way, kind of goes along with what we were talking about before. Like he treats all the kids the same way. Like he wants all the kids to put stuff away, all the kids to clean, all the kids to do it. Come downstairs and right. And so, and he gets on his girlfriend because she's like they only. I think his kids live with him full time, and she has her kids half the time. Okay, and she doesn't want to feel like. When they come over to the house, all she does is nag, nag, yeah, yeah. do this, do that, do this. And there's, you know, and she feels like she doesn't. So there's a struggle there between him wanting things done a certain way and all the kids be treating equal. And she's struggling with like, I think she kind of understands that, but she's also like, I feel like I'm just nagging at my kids the entire time they're here and they're not here all the time. Like your kids are. And I just don't want them to come here and it's a bad experience the entire time where I'm just nagging. But it's it's a right. balance trying to teach kids because he feels like, look, we're teaching kids in our home life skills right. that they will take with them when they are grown. So, so it's our yeah. duty to teach them. Um, and then she's just like, gosh, but I just I don't want the whole time to be. You know that. what? Then don't let it be that, you know, like. Go about it differently. Your kids should always be learning, I feel like, as we do. I feel like we're always learning. And if you can point stuff out or discipline kids without disciplining them, you know, (laughs) remind kids. Dude, you're like Yoda. Like, can you please explain that? Okay, so listen. So a kid runs downstairs, (laughs) mine, yours, his, hers, whoever's. The donkeys. And they don't turn off the light. Be like, hey. You left that light on. Like, I only work at the power company. I don't own it. That's what my dad used to tell me. You know, just, you know, you can make a stupid little joke out of it. You can just remind them real quickly. It doesn't have to be a nagging, fighting thing. The problem is if you don't do stuff like that, the kids are just going to get accustomed to never turning stuff off, never flushing the toilet, never putting their dirty dishes away. You know, it's going to add up and all of a sudden like these kids are now 18 20 30 years old and they still don't do this because we never nag them as parents so how you nag them or remind them or let them know doesn't have to be a fight you don't have to yell at them hey 
Go turn off the light. I've already told you 30 freaking times. And blah, bring blah, me blah. a beer in my joint yeah. while you're at it. Yeah. <laughs> I like just your voices. Yeah. I totally pictured like wife beater, holy and brown. The AE 2000, the argument eliminator 2000. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be in, ex- it doesn't have to be thrown at them in a negative manner. It can just be a reminding manner, you know? Yeah. And that also helps you set tones in your own household. That helps your household be a lot calmer because that'll ultimately be the way that you'd probably talk with your spouse and they talk back to you. It sets tones without being this nagging, like here goes your smirky Yoda well, face that's again. just because it's jokes. That's because you turn everything into a joke I and then love, that is how we can. I would just love is. for you. I, I know. I, I would love for you to That's make a joke I, out of this, please. I don't have a joke. Oh, I'll make jokes out of I'm it if you'd like. sure. It's great. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it right. doesn't have to be a well, negative a thing shame. that totally. ruins the weekend for the kids. And I think it's a shame that she sees it as nagging instead of like... It might be, though. Well, I mean, but if 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 she in her head, because that's how she's going to approach it, if that's how she feels and thinks about it and boxes it in her head like nag, yeah. instead of like parenting right like if you turn nag into parenting or nag into like learning opportunity <laughs> i don't know like really though you're right you you got to change your mindset from and maybe that's a conversation they could have like it, it needs to be not nagging it needs to be parenting or it needs to be like a learning opportunity um and we are setting these kids up and maybe this kind of pep talk is going to be had every time the kids come over between the spouses. Like, I think that one way we can support each other in being a a good spouse or a good partner with stepkids, um, or biological kids is like you, I mean, there's nothing wrong before the kids come over to have like a little powwow as a couple and kind of like have some affirmation, kind of get on the same page, kind of say, you know, like, I'm here for you. I love you. We're on the same team. Um, and, let's, you know, this isn't about nagging, honey. This is just about like teaching the kids and kind of like trying to get that energy and that mindset more equal to one another. And then you'll feel more like a team and ready when the kids do come. Right. And I think that if you can support your spouse and being an encourager and an inspiration and a cheerleader and like trying to, you know what I mean? Like help them change their negative mindset Give into a positive a one. Yeah. Are you gonna I'm going to be a, yeah, I'm a cheerleader. It was my pom-poms. Oh. Yeah. Dear God. You're saying be a cheerleader. But, but I you agree. know what like, I mean? Yeah. Like, I think Get that people page. should do that before kids come over. That might be a good idea. But what do you do after the kids leave? <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. So, um, but I do want to acknowledge again that... The last thing anybody wants when kids come over when you don't have 100% custody is for it to suck the entire time. Yeah. You know, I've had to deal with that with my son. You know, I feel like sometimes he comes over here and all I do is... You've mentioned that before where you're like, I feel like all I do is discipline and get down on him about things. Not me, you. Yeah, no, and I feel like like I'm the heavy. I feel like he comes over here sometimes and I'm for whatever million reasons I'm like heavy like it's not light and fun and and like a a good atmosphere it's it's like it's something heavy is going on in that I've been trying to change that because I don't want him 
to not want to be here. And so I get this mother struggle of like wanting the kids to want to be in your home. And I don't want to just disregard that because that's a, it's a fear that kids aren't going to want to come home to you because they like the other home better or whatever. But that doesn't mean you can't parent and you shouldn't teach life skills. And so I, I do think it's trying to find a balance of like, maybe they do like you had an awesome idea. We've been talking about having the kids, you know, ramp up their chores because, you know, we're home all the time now and things are getting more dirty. So Way more instead dirtier. of having like an entire day of cleaning, right? Maybe it's just like today we're going to tackle the bathroom, you know, and then tomorrow we'll tackle the kitchen where it's not don't like... tell an, them what the next day is though. Be like, today we're just going to do this. Yeah. And don't make it, make it something done within like an hour. Yeah. Hour or less or, you know, like, hey, let's clean up the counter real quick. You know, we have five minutes. Let's do this real fast. You yeah. Know? And then we're going to go on our walk. And then when yeah. we get home from our walk, don't tell them when they get home from the walk, but when we get home from our walk, you know, we're going to wash the dog, you know, but don't lay out the whole list. I mean, unless the kids are just good with that or, you, you know, that's the way you want to do it. Some kids need that. But if that, some kids, but. but if some kids are just like impossible to get to do anything, just have them help you. And, and I'm I'm speaking from my own personal experience. If I tell my kid, like, hey, look, at, we're doing nothing fun today. All we're going to do is just chores and work. And it's going to be the most miserable day with this kid. But if I put things on him little by little by little, he tends to just go with it. You know, he doesn't think about the big picture. Like, oh, man, I've already done 30 things today. He's like, oh, that'll take me two minutes. I'll do it real fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you try not to make it a big deal. Of course. Right? Like, hey, just like go wipe down the sink real quick. Yeah. You know, like go take out the trash and then you can get back to whatever you were doing. Exactly. You know, before I cookie breakfast, like let's just put away the dishes. Yeah. And I do think how you approach things, you know, you can ruin a kid's day by just like, like you said, sentencing them for the entire day. And they're just like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that because I was the same kid, but that's how I am with my kid. Like I... I throw stuff on him all day long, you know, but not all at once. You know, he helps me. He helps the family. He does stuff throughout the entire day without it being like, dude, I did chores all day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. He helped me set up things for this podcast without even knowing that he was doing it today. If you went upstairs and asked him, like, he's the one that got the HDMI cable, got it all ready, got to play. You know what I mean? Without being like, hey, you need to stop what you're doing and you need to do this stuff. You know, like just they're your kids, you know, when kids need something from you, they're not like, hey, mom and dad, I have this huge list of things that I'm going to need you to do all day for me. Like it's part of life. Like people just put things on you when they need them, especially you at work. Moving on. (laughs) Um, We're never going to finish. Okay, what do you do when one parent refuses to do their part in the schoolwork Oh, in schoolwork during this coronavirus homeschool situation. Oh. I'm going to go ahead and just let you take the reins on this one. Uh, well, I ha- I don't know. I haven't. It's been better than it was when they were going to school. Yeah. But I do know this. I, I was sitting here like I wonder. I didn't know how it was going to go. Um, and I'm sure the other household felt kind of the same way because I don't love homeschool. Um, and I don't have time for it. Well, I, I just, I, there's, it's my own personal opinion. And before I get all this hate mail, I feel like everyone can have their own opinion. I don't think there's one right answer. 
for me, I don't like homeschool. I don't like for it me, for kids. I don't like homeschool either, yet I have a homeschool kid. So, but I'm, so I didn't know how this was going to go. And I felt like, oh my gosh, blended families are going to, co-parenting is going to just, for so many couples, it's going to be a shit show. Um, so I feel like teachers right now should be super gracious. And what I would do if this is going on is I would be in contact with the teacher. So I would tell the teacher off the bat, we are a split family. This child has two households and they're not getting all their work done in the other home. And so we will do our best in our home when on our days and then stick to that, like do your best. You know, if it's a simple assignment and it's not going to ruin the world to like make up stuff that wasn't done. Um, but that's where I would start is just being in contact with the teacher let them know the situation. Let them know the situation. I think teachers are being very gracious right now because nobody really could have foreseen this. Yeah, and man, all, the, it's the a, teachers it's, are under so much they're pressure. They're under so much pressure. have had to change their whole way of teaching yeah. and the way they go about things. It's a yeah. lot of work. So, And then, I mean, of course, you're going to reach out to your ex or the, bi- the other bio parent, and you're going to reach out in whichever way you reach out, whether it's text, voicemail, email, I don't know, and be like, hey, this is going on. How can we fix it? Right. Again, how Eric was saying how you would say things in your own marriage, like being a team, like it or not, you have another bio parent who is your teammate. Whether anybody likes it or not, you had kids with them. It's kind of a sealed deal. So you kind of need to reach out to them. And again, don't be very attacking. Don't be super annoyed. Like take emotions out of it and, and be just willing to work. State be willing the to problem work with them. Like it's a problem. Their work isn't getting done. Um, is there a reason why in your home it's not? Like maybe they're they're medical workers and they're working twenty four hour shifts and no one's home and the kids aren't going to do it on their own. I don't know. Maybe there's a valid reason, but I would ask them. Like, is there a reason this isn't being done? What can we do to help fix this? Um, it's too much for me to burden, you know, maybe the kids stay with you during this time period, five days a week and spend the weekends with the other parents. So then you get, you know, maybe you look at changing custody right now so that you can oversee schoolwork gets done during the week. It may not be fair, but none of this right now is fair. And really, is there anywhere to go on the weekends? No. So I would think that you need to just take a deep breath, calm down, get the emotion out of it, contact the teacher let them know the situation, contact the other biological parent, ask questions, figure out if you can work together on a plan. If they're like, no, I can't change it. Can we change the custody arrangement? And if it can't change, then, you know, I can't, I, I, I can't force change it for you. So you're just kind of kind of have to do the best you can do and not let it ruin your life. Like homeschool should not ruin anyone's life right now. Yeah. So you just do the best you can do. You take a deep breath. Um, if the kids have to make up work on the weekends when they're with you, okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's wrong with kids having to complete work. Right. Yeah, completely. Because that's how life is, right? Like if, I mean, you have to stay late sometimes at your job. You get written up if you don't complete your work. Sometimes it's very stressful. Sometimes so, you'll lose your job if you don't complete your work. Yeah. So, so I mean, I know it's like that's a harsh life lesson. And you're not going to teach your kids that they're going to get fired. But you can teach your kids like life's not back. ideal. <laughs> There's a lot of obstacles and we got to do the best we can. You know, um, if it were me, I'd probably if 
if it were me, my kids would make up all the work with me. And I would be resentful and bitter that the other household wouldn't step up. But I would make sure my kids, that's just my personality. But I do think that you have to do the best you can do after you've exhausted all other possible options. Amen. Do you have anything to add to that? No, you said it all. <sighs> everything about it. Everything. <laughs> um, so there was a the a very new couple not married. I think they're together five months. Okay. They both have kids mm-hmm. and they're on opposite custody schedules. Mm. And the hard part with that, like right off the bat, I could tell you is that they have no time alone. That that is but no time to know each other. They're thinking that they're trying to decide pros and cons of being on the same custody schedule and opposite because the kids do better not around each other. Oh, really? Like less. But they're very newly in. So there's a lot. <laughs> they're new, newly in, there's friction so, sometimes. You know what? So, it, it so they're wasn't thinking, like, planned is it better? This way? It wasn't planned this way, but it works out great for us. Our kids are not on the exact same schedule, but the schedules overlap. Yeah. So therefore, we have... We have some alone time, just you and I. We have sometimes that we have just my kids. We have sometimes that we have just your kids. And we have sometimes that all the kids are here together. And it gives each set of kids their own time to be focused on if they need that. But it also gives us time to be just us if we need that. And if you guys can find a schedule where it's not, they're always together and they're always away at the same time. But... Like I'm week on week off. You're two five nine six eight nine. I'm a two two five five. Yeah. Anyways, we're talking child custody. You, you've dealt with custody issues. Like basically, it, for those week on week off is self explanatory. My custody schedule is that I have my kids every Monday, Tuesday. My their dad has them every Wednesday, Thursday, and then we rotate weekends every other weekend, and that includes Friday. So like it's it turn it works out where it'll be like I'll have him two days he'll have him two days then I'll have him five days he'll have him five days yeah, and then it rotates it rotate it works out like it's a two yeah. two five five two two that's kind of how it it rotates out and there's there's also like way. two two three where they'll rotate every opposite but anyways if if it's a hard time but you I don't think that it's good for any relationship to you know especially in a blended family to have it. Where if the kids can't get along at all, you know, we're going to lose Instagram by you guys. Um, I don't think that it's good to have them like that if that if it's causing problems. So maybe try to find a custody schedule that will, you know, like we have 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 your kids sometimes have his kids sometimes and then have time alone. Yeah. And it kind of it's the best of all the worlds there. It's not a whole lot of time. You only get two days at a time together. You know, at most, usually, but make the best of it, you know? Yeah. But but it gives you that time. It gives you time to kind of reset and reevaluate and, you know. It's a hard thing to decide when you're only five months in. um, Because you haven't had enough time with the kids. The kids just really are going to need time around each other to soften the edges, you know, like to figure out how to interact and interconnect with one another depending on their ages um, so it would be weird if you never had the kids together. Yeah, um, they'll never get to know each and other. And it would be weird to never have alone time. I, cause then I, you never get to know each other. 
But I have a friend who's been, who she and her husband have ever, never had an, a night alone without Ugh, the kids. That'd be insane. Ever but that's not a true, once. but that's a true, like that's a non-blended family. Like that's kind of usually how it is, you know, they're a blended family. I'm saying a non-blended family. Oh, that is true. You know, that's kind of how it is. Yeah, but you have like a date night or like a night away. Yeah, they've so that's never what the, done that. Oh, that's on them. That, that's what I'm saying. You know like I when mean? I say they've never had a night away, like yeah. they've never been away well, from their kids overnight. Well, that's together. their own damn fault. It's just yeah. I'm, everyone has a different. Of course, thing. of course, and maybe they just don't want to be away from their kids, whatever it might be. But it's healthy. Yeah. It's healthy to put, you know, especially if you have grandparents, you know. So what are the pros of having opposite custody schedules? Because they asked us to talk about the pros and cons of both. The pros? So we'll say pros of having the same exact custody schedule. The pros of having other. the exact same custody schedule is you're always going to know when you have the kids and you can plan everything around that. You want to go on a family vacation? Well, we always have the kids on this week or this weekend. Yeah. Let's plan it for that week or that weekend. It makes it super easy. You're like, it doesn't matter what the other parents think. Like, we're going to go camping that weekend, and that's just how mm-hmm. it's going to be. Mm-hmm. The cons of that is if uh, of if the kids are on opposite schedules, you want to No, go- the same. I'm we're talking, talking about the same okay. schedules. Well, that was right, because okay. you can plan around it. The cons of that. Of being on the same custody schedule. Of being on schedule. the exact same custody schedule. Well, I don't see a whole lot of cons in it. Because, you know, you're family. You're going to bond. You're going to well, be around each other. Well, I would say in regards to, like, our situation, it is nice for the kids to have a break from each other. For sure. And although, I think that... Although your kids never get a break from each other, the stepkids... No, I'm talking about the stepkids. The stepkids get a like break from nice each other. Like, it's nice for my kids to have alone time with us and your kids to have alone time. Yeah, I think sure. that's nice. That's a nice thing. But and not to have to compete for attention. But in that's the how home. I started this off, you know, with is that if we have time, just you and I by ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, your kids by themselves and my kids by themselves. And then we have times that they're all together. I think that's really ideal because everyone gets the attention that they need and everyone has time to adjust and figure things out. Now, if they're completely opposite schedules, you know, like what it sounds like they are right now. Pros and cons of the opposite schedules. Like the kids. Well, the pros, I mean, they kind of stated that the kids don't get along that well. So the pros are they don't have to be around each other. The cons to that is. It is easier in some regard not to have to parent and step parent. It, two it, different sets of kids. At the same time and yeah. deal with all those inter. But what's going to happen is your family is going to look. You're going to have. Are you going to go on separate vacations with each set but of that's, kids? But that's one of them. But you're also going to have two different families living under one roof. You know, you're going to be parents to these kids and you're going to be parents to these kids. And you might parent these kids differently because of whatever reason. And you might parent these kids different. So you're literally going to be living two separate lives. Right. And then, like, what about holidays? But ho- that's the other and thing. Vacations, or vacations. Or things like there's going to be times where you're going to want all of your kids together. Yeah. And that's going to be super awkward and super uneasy and a lot of work. Difficult. It's just, it's a lot of work. And it takes, you guys, it takes years for things, I think, to seem, you like, you know, natural families just take it for granted. It's so normal. It's so like, this is just what it is. For a blended family to get there, I think most blended families, it takes five, 10 years. Like, it takes time because it is against the grain. You know, um, it is not natural. It is like, I don't think people really understand how hard this is. And so you need to understand that 
the quicker you can rip off the band-aid, right? Like the more people can be around each other and learn to figure it out, the faster you can do that, the more you're setting yourselves up for later in life, just easy, right? Like our kids are going to get married. So we better learn out how to all be in the same room now because we're going to have to eventually be in the same room later. And am I going to want our kids' weddings to be fucking horrible and awkward? No. You know, like, are you going to want every Thanksgiving to be like, oh my God, all the kids are going to be here and that's going to be horrible and there's going to be fighting. Like, have them work their shit out now. Yeah, or work it out for them. So, yeah. Easter COVID-19 2020. (laughs) Are we ending it on that? All right, I don't even get it. I just read what it says. No, like, so I know Easter's Sunday. And no one can go do anything. So I just thought it, this is actually not something somebody asked about, but I thought it was interesting how we handled Easter this year. So Easter was actually our year with the kids. Um, We rotate, we both are on the same holiday schedule, which we had to work, we had to work with it. Quick pros and cons. Okay. (laughs) Pros and cons. (laughs) We had to work to get on the same schedule. We did. So anyway, um, but there's nowhere to go. We can't go to church together. We can't have people over. We're not going to be able to do things. And so it's our, both our kids are in the other homes this weekend. So we opted to just let the kids stay there and and celebrate. They have other siblings at the other homes. Yeah. So we just said, you know what, instead of having the kids come over for a few hours, just to go back to come over and do nothing. Yeah. Um, we just felt it was easier on the kids to just stay put, enjoy their other families. Like don't get ripped out of that situation to come here just to go back. Like it's a lot of work. Um, and so I just know that everyone's figuring out Easter plans and what they're going to do. Um, and so that's kind of how we handled it. I know our, our neighborhood is so cute. Like our city is putting, everyone's putting up eggs in their windows And I think on Easter Sunday, kids are going to go on Easter egg hunts. So they're going to walk around and try to look for all the Easter eggs that people have put out um, around the neighborhood and in their windows because social distancing, you can't even have an Easter egg hunt this year. Um, Or real eggs because they're too hard to buy at the store. (laughs) Dude, and you're limited. Yeah, it's pretty sad. So... Anyway, that's kind of how we handled Easter. Would love to know how you guys are handling Easter and if you guys are doing anything. We'll be watching our church service from our home and hanging out actually just with each other. Maybe if we get bored, we put up our own live Easter Sunday hangout. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Maybe I'll hide eggs in your pants and find them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I actually made a joke to someone that we were going we were gonna to be bored alone, nothing to do this weekend. We were going to go on our own Easter egg hunt. <laughs> And I said, shh, don't tell her. I'm putting it in her, I'm hiding it in her butt. And they all laughed. At least we have the same area. <laughs> what are we talking about? Let's put eggs in the same area of oh. each other's oh genitalia. My oh my God. Well, that's not even genitalia. Is butt genitals? It's not. Butthole is I hear music. Different. I hear music. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, anyway, guys, guys, we're crazy. Um, <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this, <laughs> like, subscribe, thumbs up. We need reviews. We need more reviews. Good reviews. It just helps us. It helps us spread the word. Yeah. If you guys have questions or comments or topic ideas, message us. Yeah. Because most of these questions and comments and topics are coming from you guys. And that's what keeps us all learning and growing and just having so much fun. And Julie cussing. 
It makes me oh, want to cuss. Blended life. Yeah. Anyways, you guys. Have such a happy Easter. Enjoy your family yeah. if you have them. Enjoy your family if you don't have them. It's going to be a weird one. But it it's going to be a weird Easter. But remember what Easter's about, right? And that's where our focus should be, not even on family or kids. Easter is about the resurrection. And if you guys like to go to church and don't have a church that you can attend or any way to attend online, email us, message us if you are like, I want to see a tr- church service and I can send you a link to our church and what we've got going. So I'd love to share that with you guys. Yep. Anyways, All right, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.